I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. This is the Mike Tomlin Game Day Podcast with Steelers Digest Editor Bob Labriola. Okay, Coach, one of the theories attached to rookie quarterbacks is that if things don't go well for them when they first get playing time, they could lose their confidence. What would that loss of confidence look like, and have you seen any of this from Kenny Pickett? You know, I haven't been around a lot of rookie quarterbacks, but I think that could apply to, to any player at any position, to be quite honest with you. There are a lot of challenges in playing at this level. And obviously, quarterback is a unique one. The amount of attention that goes with success and failure, I think more than anything, it's a personality-related thing. Um, A guy has to have steely resolve. A guy has to be a flatliner, if you will, a real competitor. A guy that runs to action and competition as opposed to away. And and so, really, you do your due diligence um, on gathering information on all of those things, really, even before you – you know, get into playing with a guy. That's part of the selection process. We vetted Kenny. Uh, we like his mental me- makeup, his his steady demeanor, his competitive spirit, his belief in self. And I just think that those are the things that you lean on uh, when, the, when, when the ball isn't bouncing your way and you're not getting the results that you desire. And so from my perspective, that work's already been done. We buy into that young man. Um, we believe that he has the physical characteristics and the intangible quality that's going to allow him to ride the wave that is professional ball. And, and so really it's kind of a non-discussion for me and us. Uh, when players talk about their study habits, uh, maybe they're making the point that they have to study more or study better. Uh, at the NFL level, what is it that players are studying? You know, you do what it is you need to do. And, and, and that's what I found the longer I've been in this league. Um, we're not paid by the hour. We're paid based on results. Some guys are quick studies and some guys aren't. Some guys can be duly prepared simply by coming to work and doing what's required while they're at work. Some guys need to do extra on the front end to tee up performance during the course of the work week. Some people study with a review mentality where they look back at the day that they just executed as opposed to the front end work. The key as a professional is to know uh, what group you're in and, and what's best for you um, and do what's appropriate. Um, we're not, like I mentioned, we're not paid by the hour. If you're not a quick study, then you have to make the, the commitment, whatever that is, in, in an effort to be ready to perform. You know, looking back, uh, my recollection of studying for an exam is that, you know, you, you do it so that you're able to regurgitate facts, you know, or other information when you're asked about it. But I mean, football isn't about that. I mean, it's not a 
you don't get a test that way. Isn't it more about how you react in real time to things that are happening around you or to you? Most certainly. And and so the study component of it is different, although we use that term study. Um, it is somewhat different. Oftentimes, when you're preparing yourself as a football player, you review on your feet because you play on your feet. Um, it, it You know, you activate different responses standing on your feet than sitting in the comforts of a chair, for instance. And so oftentimes studying for us is ballroom adjustments where we move all the chairs out of a ballroom in whatever hotel we're staying in and we make adjustments and we talk and, and we do things on our feet because the game is played on their feet. If there was a football classroom, there would be there might be desk in it, but it would be no chairs. You know, um, the thing you play the game on your feet, um, and so you prepare with, with with that understanding. Recently, the NFL made it clear that it's okay for the offense to push the ball carrier forward in order to gain more yards, but pulling the ball carrier forward is not legal. Uh, I'm old enough to remember that when any tactic like that, pushing the pile, dragging the ball carrier forward was a penalty. Um, why did that change to allow pushing the pile? You know, I, I wasn't um, privy to the to the discussions, but I think it's more of a natural act, um, you know, the pushing as opposed to the pulling. You know, you want to be able to give guys something to do in an effort to assist their teammates um, when they're combated with confrontation. And so – this a more natural act would be my assumption. So pushing the pile, though, now seems to be a pretty much a part of every quarterback sneak and every uh, goal-to-go situation. So what's the defense supposed to do in that situation? Just lay down at the guy's feet so he, you, know, you push him over and he falls it, it's, down? It, it's really um, – those downs are usually won and lost before the component of the push becomes a factor, to be quite honest with you. Um, it's about it's about beating the offensive line to the punch and getting penetration, your bigs versus their bigs. And to be quite honest with you, the push, the linebackers, the secondary people that come into the fray are less significant. Those downs are won and lost on the initial charge of the offense and defensive lines. Um, something I saw while watching football last Sunday, it happened during the Rams-Buccaneers game. It, uh, it was a field goal attempt. Bobby Wagner jumped over. Uh, the line of scrimmage blocked the kick. Uh, now, when is that legal? How? When is it illegal? As long as you don't aid the jump, he cleared him. I saw it. He cleared him. He came down. He didn't elevate off of anyone. Um, you know, they 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 left that component in the game to to encourage guys to add excitement, to highlight athleticism. Uh, there's a limited number of guys uh, that are capable of doing it and doing it in football equipment and doing it legally. And so, really, it's just it's kudos, man, to Bobby Wagner. Um, that safety out there in Denver, that Boston College safety is a guy that, that everybody knows is capable of doing that. Um, there's a limited number of people in the league, and, and so it's a unique skill set and talent. And, and personally, I like the provision that the National Football League uh, had regarding that in an effort to you know, maintain a level of excitement in those plays, provided a guy doesn't use people his opponents or, or his teammates in an effort to elevate. He doesn't come down on anybody. It is a legal football play. So what's the uh, field goal protection uh, unit supposed to do in that? Stand up? No, keep your eyes up. Um, you, you can't stand up because if somebody's pushing you, um, you, you might get pushed back. So the key is to know when you're playing somebody that has those capabilities. And let, let's be honest, you don't see that every week. 
And, but when you do and when you know somebody has those capabilities, it's important that they keep their pads down but their eyes up. And if they happen to get a jumper, punch them. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Six Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, is the coaching term, and not punch them in a, you know. Boxing way. In, in a boxing sort of way, but in a football sort of way, um, is the coaching point. Okay, on Thursday you put Chris Boswell on injured reserve, which means he has to miss at least four regular season games. And you would use Josh Seba as the fill-in kicker against the Eagles before the bye. Seba didn't uh, miss any kicks in Philadelphia. Uh, But then you waived him from the practice squad and signed Matthew Wright off Kansas City's practice squad before Boswell went on IR. What did you like about Wright to decide to go with him? Well, we've been with Matt before. Uh, Matt's banged with us before in games. Uh, Matt banged with Jacksonville last year. He was 21 or 24 on the season. Uh, He's got a couple plus 50-yard kicks this year already for Kansas City. And so we were extremely comfortable with his resume and the fact that we've been exposed to him before. And if Boz is going to be out for an extended period of time, a number of weeks, then we just felt really comfortable with that certainty and that more extended resume than Nick had. You've been through a few of these kicker tryouts too. So is is it pretty much the um, resume, the experience, uh, something that really separates one of those guys from others? In this instance, it's about our shared experience. Um, Matt's more experienced. Uh, Matt's more experienced with us. Matt's more experienced in the National Football League last year, the year before, and this year. It's just a higher floor and a more predictable outcome when you're dealing with a guy with a resume like that. So it's really not apples and apples. We've had firsthand experience with both guys, and so we're comfortable with both guys. And so when that's the instance, the, the resume wins out. You've often said that you'd rather say woe than sick him, and I'm sure that applies to T.J. Watt. Uh, can you trust him to take care of himself today by not trying to do too much or uh, you know, playing too many snaps, or is he going to have to be monitored? No, you can't trust him, but that's what makes T.J. T.J. Uh, that is a good problem to have, as we say in the coaching business, and that's what we mean when we say you'd rather say woe than sick him. You want guys that are aggressive, that have a can-do attitude, that are competitors. And it's our job as coaches to protect them. And sometimes that means protecting them from themselves. That's a much better discussion than than trying to sick somebody on someone. So uh, that is very real as it pertains to TJ. Um, We've gone uh, through great lengths to make sure that we're doing what's appropriate with him and monitoring him, not only as we lean in on the game, but in preparation for the game throughout the course of the work week. Uh, We're excited about that. We're excited about having him back. Uh, It does require some some work on our end, um, but but it is the the type of work you run to. 
I mean, does it come down to having somebody in the box with a little piece of paper and marking down every time he's on the field and he gets to a certain number? It's more than that. It's the types of plays. Um, It's not just the play count. It's the types of plays. Um, This guy's coming off an upper body injury, a shoulder injury. And so, you know, maybe some of the short yardage and goal line things you might want to protect him from. Um, There's a lot of layers to the discussion. Um, make no mistake, he's completely healthy. We have no reservations about that component of it. But it's more than just a snap count. Um, and I just use that as an illustration to display that. What does T.J. Watt's presence in the lineup allow the defense to from a, allow the defense to do from a coverage standpoint that it might not otherwise be able to do? It's really not about what, what we're able to do from a coverage standpoint. It's what the offense can't do. When T.J. is on the edge... There's going to be somebody besides the tackle assisting that tackle with protection. And oftentimes that is ineligible. It's a tight end. It's a running back. And so that's one less eligible receiver in the route and one less guy you got to deal with. And that's the benefit from the secondary perspective. It's not his presence allows us to do more schematically. He's a guy. He's one of 11. We have no restrictions in terms of the schematics, whether he's in there or not. But it's, it's the number of people in the passing route concepts that you have to deal with where his impact is felt. And, and to be quite honest with you, in significant moments, uh, one-dimensional downs, you know, whether it's two-minute, third down, et cetera, et cetera, there's going to be an eligible assisting that tackle. And so there's one less guy you got to deal with in the routes. And that's why guys like him are significant from a coverage standpoint, but it has nothing to do with the defensive schematics. Uh, one of the defensive wrinkles you worked on over the summer was a three-safety look which sometimes you've called it big nickel. Uh, and your version of that had DeMonte Kazee in the role as the third safety. What makes him effective in that role? You know, safeties match up well with tight ends. And so the big nickel or the three-safety defense is a thing that, 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 that manages two tight end personnel groups pretty well, particularly when one is really athletic. And so sometimes people throw two tight ends at you. Our offense is capable of throwing two tight ends at you. Zach Gentry and – and, and Fryermuth, um, Fryermuth is oftentimes too big for nickel corners to manage, um, but too athletic for linebackers to manage. And so that's the third safety or the big nickel component, matching up against athletic-like tight ends and, and doing similar things that you do in nickel, but getting a bigger body, bigger than a nickel, more athletic than a linebacker. Um, it's just about the continued specialization of the game uh, on offense and defense and one matching the other and just evolving. So you think that's like a a, a wave of, new wave of the future, that doing it that way as opposed to, you know, regular nickel or looking for we're, – We're already here. Um, it, it's not a wave of the future. It's been going on for a couple of years now. We're, we're, we're in the midst of it. Um, most of the time when you see two tight end personnel groups, particularly when one of them is really athletic, you'll see defenses matching that with – with a big nickel group of some kind, um, it's going down every week in every stadium almost. That's the Mike Tomlin Game Day Podcast. Subscribe and download new episodes every week and check out all of the other shows we have to offer on the Steelers Podcast Network that's available on the Steelers mobile app, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, 
Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 